Welcome back to Pool Talk. Mike and I are delighted to be back for season two, during which we will be finding guests from across the industry who have vast technical knowledge in their various fields, from heating and ventilation in a pool hall to the intricacies of salt generation for disinfection. As ever, if you want to contact us, please feel free on Facebook. Just search at Pool Talk or email us at pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Hello, everybody. Earlier in our Pool Talk library, we were delighted to have been able to chat with Mandy Carey, the school swimming advisor for the County of Buckinghamshire. We talked about the effect that school swimming pools have had during the pandemic lockdowns. Many had not been used for two years. So now, as school pools have reopened, we have another chance to talk about the overall effect that they have had on our young people. Some school pools have decided not to reopen. Others are facing significant costs to bring them back up to a usable standard. Will they reopen at all? And if not, what effects will that have on our children? And so it is again a privilege for Rebecca and me to be able to welcome Mandy back to Pool Talk. Can't wait to find out how school swimming is dealing with such a long closure. Well, it's lovely to be able to welcome you back, Mandy, again. I know we talked some time ago about um, the effect that the COVID restrictions had on school swimming. Uh, But now that pools are open, let's be a bit more positive. Uh, Isn't it great to see children back in swimming pools? Um, Has the gradual introduction of school swimming gone smoothly? or Have there been any major... Um, incidents has it been error free or are we all happy at the moment yeah so um well first of all thank you both for having me back it's lovely to be back with you again um yes I mean first of all it's fantastic okay it's fantastic to see children back in swimming pools um I mean particularly when you consider the active lives participation data for children it really helps us understand the impact of covid I think um so we've got, you know, just to give you some figures to start off with, we've got 1.8 million children, I think, across all age groups missed out on school sw- or swimming, uh, not just school swimming, but swimming generally over the 2021 academic year. That means that we've got 240,000 children predicted be- not to be able to swim 25 metres by the end of 20. 20- wow. Yeah, huge numbers. Around 247 thousand children missed out on their school swimming over the summer term of 2020 so so yeah absolutely it's great to see them returning back to the pool obviously what we have to do is we have got to try and get top-up programs in place um, because we know that from the the data or the research that some England have have done that if we don't run any of these catch-up sessions we're going to see about 1.2 million children leaving primary school over the next five years so obviously we're looking a little bit further on now unable to swim now on a good you know positive note um there's been a lot of press coverage um over the last few weeks about the importance of returning to the pool um, and this includes school swimming so we all know you know i think we talked about it in the last podcast how you know vital a life skill swimming is you know it's not just a, a great way to keep active um, but it's also you know it ticks so many boxes um mental health benefits for example but you know but, but equally we know that swimming is about opportunity and obviously this is much easier when we're younger and for schools it's an ideal forum to provide that opportunity and then with with the summer holidays approaching you know this term is absolutely vital for ensuring our children know how to keep themselves safe in and around water 
um, and what to do if they find themselves in water. Now, there's been a lot of champions around school swimming. So we know that Duncan Gidhue, um, so he's the president of the Swimathon Foundation, and they've got a COVID relief fund at the moment to support the aquatics um, organisations. And Steve Parry, you know, so both these Olympians have been speaking out about the importance of swimming, but also the importance of school swimming. And I think Steve Parry summed it up, really, because he talked about his experiences when he was eight years old and he'd gone on a barge holiday and he'd fallen into the water. And I think luckily he was able to hold on to the side, but his parents were so shocked. They enrolled him in uh, swimming lessons. And, you know, he obviously he never looked back. He went on to become an Olympian. But he, uh, Steve, I think is, is, you know, he's passionate about uh, getting children swimming. And he was talking in a recent podcast, actually, you've got me hooked now, guys. I'm, I'm now a podcaster. <laughs> Great. He, he was talking about um, the fact that um, globally, drowning kills as many children as malaria. It's the third biggest cause of death amongst children. So yes, it's fantastic to have them back in. And then equally, we can look at organisations such as Swim England with the chief executive, Jane Nickerson, has been sort of highlighting the concern of the health of swimming in the UK and obviously as schools with it as a statutory requirement we can we can get our children back unfortunately Swim England are reporting that a lot of schools haven't gone back at the moment and they obviously cite some of the reasons being that some schools are trying to catch up on academic work missed um, despite it being part of the curriculum and obviously these schools need to understand how desperately important swimming is to these children mm-hmm. especially those whose parents may never be able to take them to school swimming lessons. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm just so impressed Mandy that you've got all these figures in your head all the time you know these, these huge figures and they they just come come tripping out. I think uh, I think things like that though you know that's, that's they, they tend to stick down there. data isn't it that we yeah. you know and obviously you know, we're training schools all the time, so it's really important for us to get these messages across in Buckinghamshire mm. and in Oxfordshire, where we obviously deliver our training. But I think, you know, on a really positive note, Mike, I know that certainly in Buckinghamshire and Oxfordshire, most of our schools have wanted to return. So uh, certainly in Buck- Buckinghamshire, lots of our leisure providers have been able to get the majority of schools back. Some have struggled, so we're not up to full capacity. You know, I would be fibbing if I, if I painted a completely rosy picture, but we've got a lot back. Um, and obviously COVID regulations have just limited the numbers. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm going to talk a little bit later, hopefully, about how, how it has gone in the return. But you know, we know that a lot of schools have gone back very, very smoothly. However, there has been frustration from some from some of our schools about not being able to book due to fewer available slots. You know, factors around uh, regulations to do with cleaning regimes, you know, that takes time and therefore we need time in between each of those sessions. We might previously have had back to back lessons. We can't now have that because of some of those cleaning procedures because of not mixing with other social groups and those sorts of things. So um, those that have been able to book, you know, some where they might have been bringing maybe two year groups, three year groups, they may only now be able to bring one year group um, instead of, yeah, instead of those two sort of, you know, bigger classes or more classes. Yeah, I, th- I think this whole issue about numbers is, is quite, it's quite interesting. You know, it's very, very important. And well, it's school- staggering. I yeah, mean, it, the, the numbers that you cited there at the beginning are, is absolutely staggering. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I think we've got to be very, very um, careful 
and really think about our programmes, you know, because schools have got to be creative. They've got to um, look for maybe other pools. They've got to look for different times. They've had to they've had to think about splitting their classes. So, you know, we, schools have done that. They have started to reevaluate their programmes and think, OK, well, which year group do we need to get in now so that we've got time to address any non-swimmers later on? So I think schools have really started to to think a little bit more practically about their programmes. Also think about, you know, the amount of time that they're swimming their children for, you know, where possible, maybe that, you know, some of these schools have been taking the children for longer because we know that that has a a bigger impact because they haven't had that back-to-back, you know, 30-minute session, next year group into the water, another 30-minute session. We've started to see schools thinking we need to make an impact here. We've got to make that impact. So we're going to think about how we're going to do it. We have some issues around, obviously, we know that the, the organisation, uh, the swimming organisation, you know, is, it is in trauma at the moment. We know that some centres have lost staff and they're trying to recruit new teachers. You know, so there, there is a demand for swimming teachers at the moment. We know that, you know, during, during lockdown, fewer staff trained, so fewer swimming teachers trained, which means potentially we're going to have a shortfall in the future. Um, but but there, is, there is also, isn't there, or... or... Uh, do you think, Mandy, that there is still some sort of confusion? Now, for people listening to this podcast, at the time of the recording of this podcast, the restriction on numbers in a public room for public leisure centre uh, is still one person to six square metres. But for a school's own pool, if they have a pool on site, the internal um, social bubble of a, of a class means that a class can use a pool at a ratio of one person to three square metres. Has that helped, Mandy, or has that added to the confusion? Now, we, now we all hope, everybody hopes that as we move forward, move further into the year, some of these restrictions will, uh, you know, be further eased. But at the time of the recording of, of this podcast, that's what the rules are at the moment. How has that affected um, school use? Yeah, so I think certainly for schools, you know, with bubbles in place and obviously the the restrictions around social distancing not being as vigorous, it has meant that, you know, schools have been able to rejig their programmes successfully. And obviously the benefit is that, you know, whilst they're taking slightly smaller groups, progress has been more rapid. But we found that, that schools who have been swimming have been able to implement their programs as previously so you know they've they've been able to run their sessions you know with with distancing in place they've been able to run the same program so if I give an example of of our school you know we we are back to delivering um, our rookie lifeguarding programs we're back to delivering synchronized swimming in the water we are um, you know we're, we're working on children's swimming ability we're we're bringing in some water polo so for us you know the children are Back. they're enjoying their programs and and certainly the schools that we've spoken to you know have we've had some amazing successes both from leisure providers and school um, swimming programs you know in in school pools staff have cited it as a great success they've said you know it's been very well organized it's wonderful to see the children swimming again that you know both leisure providers and schools have managed the covid regulations incredibly well so there's been a smooth return to school swimming a lot of centers have offered and schools have offered induction visits or videos to show some of the changes you know some some of our children you know we, we spoke to some of them actually wanted to try and get a snapshot of what they felt school swimming was like you know having 
amazing returns. And just some, just to sort of throw some quotes at you, you know, super excited to be swimming again. I'm so glad we're back at our pool. Swimming is one of my favourite lessons. Staff have been amazing. I, I struggled a little bit because I haven't swum for a while, but, you know, they were really kind to me. We did lots of fun things like sinkers, collecting floats. And, you know, these are the things that children were doing before lockdown and they feel that obviously you know they've got one-way systems around the pool they know that they're you know they're, they're not so many of them in the water they might not be sharing as much equipment but actually for them they feel as though their program is is you know it, it's, it's as it was so. I think that's great let, let me just throw one back at you when, when you mentioned the creativity that some of the schools have used you mentioned that they've done little introductory or walk around videos I I work with one of the bigger hotel groups and within their group, the whole, all the leisure clubs and the hotels were invited to do a short uh, video, introductory video. And to make it to make it work, we actually promoted um, an Oscar ceremony, where we where we where we <laughs> had all, the, all all like all, the, creativity. all the senior managers were in their uh, evening dresses and dress suits, all on video. And we, we, we had a little, um, little Oscars to, to send out to the, the name that was in the golden envelope. You and know, it was what, brilliant. It was absolutely brilliant. That sounds fantastic, Mike. And I think what you've really outlined there is that, you know, we, we need to make these experiences really positive for our yeah. children. Yeah. And actually, yeah. you know, if we, can, if we can do that. So I know that staff that took, you know, that took advantage of not quite Oscar style, I must admit, <laughs> but who took, you know, took the opportunities on offer to them, felt more confident. And therefore they were able to go back to their classrooms and talk to the children and explain to the children yeah, we've got some changes, just like we've got in the classroom. You know, we, you know, we might be wearing masks and we walk into the centre. Or ch- yeah, primary school obviously don't have to, but sec- secondary school we might be wearing masks when we walk into the into the centre. You know, we might not have as many of us in the water. We might have to walk around the pool in a one way direction. But actually, you know, we are still swimming, and these are the things. And actually, you know, it's about it has been about making it really, really positive. And and you know, some of the things that staff have also also mentioned is the fact that you know not only has um, School, the return to school swimming helped to bring back enthusiasm for the children for their swimming lessons with some of them saying I want to go swimming outside of school again which is fantastic because that's obviously what the industry is saying that we're you know really struggling with but also it's brought back their enthusiasm for physical activity you know and I think again we, we talked on our last podcast about how school swimming is wet PE and a lot of children had lost those physical literacy skills so if we if we're getting that enthusiasm back and again we know that enthusiasm enthusiasm and motivation helps to bring about that sort of competency in physical literacy so that's that's a really really important element I feel yeah so absolutely great to back to school swimming physical um, literacy is such a great that's such a great phrase I've never heard I love that it. before and I think that really sums up exactly how yeah it just makes sense yeah I absolutely love it yeah I mean I don't know whether you've seen Sport Wales produced an amazing uh, video actually on uh, physical literacy and it just shows a little girl who you know who sh- who clearly is very physically physically literate and she demonstrates a whole range of movements such as catching a ball and riding a scooter and she ends up sitting in an armchair and she talks about how you know if you don't give me these opportunities to run through the water to jump to catch a ball I'm not going to to be able you know by the time I get to my secondary school to be able to do a lot of these things so yeah Mm. absolutely that sounds great sounds a bit like my granddaughter to be honest in in Wales (laughs) 
trying to do that. I hope, you take, I hope you take a swimming, Mike. She does. She goes a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mandy, we, we mentioned then about the schools that use public leisure facilities and their own school pool. Can we sort of define it down even more? Has there been any any issues with schools opening their indoor pool compared to an outdoor pool? I think for, for certainly for schools in Buckinghamshire, once um, they were able to open their facilities, um, certainly for us, the indoor pools opened earlier. If you think about our weather at the moment, they were able to do so. They're able to, you know, obviously offer swimming all year round. So we had the majority of our indoor pools were open um, once they had the green lights. Obviously, thanks to organisations such as yours, Mike, helping to keep them ticking over, they were ready to go and they were raring to go as well. Particularly some of our special schools where, again, you know, those experiences and physio in the water has been incredibly important for those children. Some of our outdoor pools, though, actually, were keen to open earlier than usual and I think that's that was noticeably encouraging from our point of view we know frustratingly that you know three of our smaller pools in Buckinghamshire haven't been able to open you know due to a number of reasons I think you know they they had ongoing plant room issues as you know them very well Mike Mm. Um, but actually those who have been able to open were you know they were getting their pools ready I went over to a school to deliver some training to their staff we did an element of that training in the pool and it was open weeks before it would normally have been open the pool was lovely and warm it was beautifully cleaned it had been maintained well from what I hear having spoken to the school since their return their staff are all now trained and raring to go it's going very very well so yeah certainly we've got some very very positive things we know that we've got a couple of Lido's in Buckinghamshire and actually we thought that you know there's there's been a a real interest in these by the schools that couldn't get into some of their leisure centres where they'd normally swim they've approached the Lido's and actually where we felt this would be an ideal opportunity unfortunately some of these have struggled with staffing so they've not actually been used to their to their capacity but certainly school pools are back and going and running I, uh, I, I think just on that just to uh, mentioned to people who may be listening to this podcast hopefully the issue is long past now but at the time of recording one of the issues that we had uh, in the lead up to reopening um, school pools that hadn't uh, opened at all during 2020 and that was the condition of chemicals if they, if they had had chemicals left over from 2019 uh, there was the assumption that they would be okay in 2021 and of course the vast majority of them uh, either, either decomposed or degraded and and so there was there was this issue uh, there have been some technical issues but I'm bound to say there's been a lot of work done by a lot of people, you know, sort of consultants, contractors. And, and of course, the, the kingpin in all of this is the operator of the pool actually on site. Sometimes it's a site manager. It could be the head teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in some parts of the UK, it could even be um, parent volunteers who operate these pools. You can have all the consultants you like. You can have all the contractors you like. But it's the person actually on site the pool operator which which has made this happen and um can't congratulate them or even thank them enough because if it wasn't for these then a lot of the kids wouldn't be in the pool in the first place yeah i think you're absolutely right mike so you know when we consider that some of the qtag standards and you know some of the regulations that were put in place obviously schools have had to like you say they've had to increase their chlorine levels they've had to think about their cleaning systems additional signage uh, one-way systems, managing social distance, sanitising stations, good hygiene. You know, there's a lot of additional things they've had to consider. One of the biggest issues, 
uh, that they've had is, well, two of the biggest issues is the sanitization of buoyancy aids and also the frequency of water testing. And when you mention this, first of all, there's usually... Uh, or there has been a great big sort of raising of hands and eyebrows. We can't possibly do that. And literally, in my experience, within about five minutes of sitting down thinking about it, they said, yeah, well, actually, we could do that. You know, we, we can do this, we can do that. You know, change has come as a bit of a shock to a lot. But the same change, when people are thinking about it, they said, yeah, actually, you know, that is doable. There's been some great cooperation and adaptation to make this happen. Isn't yeah, terrific. I think... I think you're absolutely right, Mike. I mean, one of the schools that we visited recently to do some training in, we outlined and identified with them that they needed to ensure that their pool equipment was obviously sanitised and cleaned in between uh, year group bubbles. You know, we talked about the ways in which schools could do this. We talked about, you know, purchasing of additional equipment. And, you know, initially the reaction was, this is something else, you know, we need to consider. But actually by the end, like you say, by the end of our training session, we'd worked out how they were going to do it. And actually, I don't know whether now is the right time to mention the Sport England funding that has become available, Mike. Um, Sport England have launched a, the government have provided funding for schools to encourage them to safely open their pools. So obviously this is in light of not just school swimming, but for schools to bring about more community swimming, get more people swimming. It's it's not just for swimming, it's for, you know, other sports as well. It's basically opening your facilities, but it does include swimming. Now, whilst this funding can't cover plant refurbishments and um, it can help with some of the things that you mentioned earlier so things like purchasing water testing kits uh, plant servicing it can also be things like additional uh, sports equipment and storage equipment so where we've got to have that rotation of equipment to allow for cleaning in between each bubble then you can use that funding to purchase equipment and storage for that also improving accessibility for some of our special schools with pools those sorts of things and equipment for them we will be sending out to certainly to our schools in Buckinghamshire who will be working with our sports partnership called LEAP the link so that schools can see what they can apply for what they can't apply for for example they can't use the money to uh, refurbish their plant rooms but it is about helping them to reopen effectively. I'm sure that all school and education authorities will be aware of that but just in case anybody is not aware of that if you're able to if you can let us have the link for that we will put it on the palm academy website and people will be able to access it then at www.palmacademy.co.uk of course and we've actually got some exciting news as well uh, Rebecca and Mike yeah so we heard yesterday so the Buck School Swimming Partnership heard yesterday that um, we were successful in a bid to to the the opening school facility funding to deliver a missed opportunity swimming program so what we're aiming to do is reach out to 400 pupils um, we have to target those pupils so we're looking at you know areas of you know high priority areas of need we're talking about children with free school meals people premium children but we're looking at you know those children that will have missed out on on opportunities and likely to miss out in the future to deliver some intensive programs so you know these are aimed at sort of outside of school time so it's about forming that you know link and a pathway of opportunities you know having that opportunity to try to reach those minimum national curriculum standards but then giving them those pathways to access swimming outside of the school curriculum that's um, brilliant brilliant many congratulations that. yeah that's amazing. So we, we we have um the neil bailey neil bailey swim school to to thank because uh, his team of teachers are going to be working 
very closely with us to to deliver the programme. But we hope to reach out to lots of schools in Buckinghamshire to watch this space. Hopefully, we'll have some amazing data on. You know, we get obviously we'll need to produce a case study, and yeah. uh, hopefully, we'll have some some before and afters and some success stories that we can share with you. Is, is, is this the way that you see school swimming going forward now? Now, now, well, now that we're opening again, you know, it's obvi- obviously the impetus behind this is terrific. You know, it's a case then of maintaining the impetus. Absolutely. I mean, we know that um, some schools are looking at programmes such as top-up programmes that they can use their premium funding for. Yeah. But we have also, you know, the pupil premium funding can be used to support children to have additional uh, swimming lessons for example schools have got catch-up covid funding as well now a lot of them may have spent that funding on equipment and things within their schools but where they have got additional funding available then they can use it for some of these initiatives we know as well that some of our leisure providers and certainly across oxfordshire but some of the opportunities available you know we're, we're doing a lot of work in Buckinghamshire as well with things like you know our leisure providers are offering volunteer training schemes where students in secondary schools can volunteer to support swimming programs and so they become you know aquatic leaders they work up to become level one and two swimming teachers with part funded courses Um, we train our young students to become young aquatic leaders Um, at Ellsbury High School and they actually work with our younger students you know on a very very low ratio with qualified swimming teachers and that has an amazing amazing results and actually if we can see some of our schools linking with some of their secondary schools and maybe offering some of these opportunities then we've got even more scope for progressing children if we're thinking about very ratios. That's fantastic it certainly looks Mandy as if you know school swimming is I was going to say showing the first green shoots of recovery. It seems to be not the first green shoots. It seems to be blossoming very well at the moment. Mm. Um, I, think, and- I think, Mike, you know, we, we know that, yes, the, the schools that have gone back, yes, absolutely, they are, um, they're loving it. They're loving being back in the pool. There, there have been a few frustrations around very strange one-way systems, but, you know, these are things that centres have had to, had to yeah. you know, make safe. They've had to make the journey safe. Um, and I think we, you know, certainly for me, I have to prioritise now the schools that haven't yet been able to go back and actually yeah. you know one of my key things obviously as well as trying to get you know our our missed opportunity program running really effectively is how we manage to get those schools who've missed out this term back in the water in the autumn term and how we start to catch up on those year groups mm-hmm. who have missed um missed their schools for me yeah. yeah. Mandy, as ever, it's been an absolute delight being able to talk to you. The positivity is infectious. School swimming is strong. It can only get stronger as well. It's, it's, it's going to go from strength to strength. Mandy, it's been a delight once again. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you very much for having me. Thank, thank you. you. We would love to hear from you. So if you have a question about today's episode, then please contact us on our Facebook page, or via email, pooltalkuk at outlook.com. Pool Talk is released every Tuesday on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. Thanks for listening.